Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hey, Laurie here, and I am bringing you another She Heard podcast. I know that in the introduction that we are still calling this Be uh, Brave Girl, but our name has changed to She Heard, and one of these days I'm going to get my daughter back into my walk-in closet to re-record that introduction. Maybe this little bit of shame will get us on it. But as most of you know, and if you've been listening to my podcast, we started this podcast about three weeks ago. We've been overwhelmed at the response and how people are writing me and telling me, um, making comments and telling me how much they've enjoyed it. And we're seeing our numbers go up. And so I'm just I'm just blessed to be a mouthpiece um, from the Lord. And it's, you know, from my lips to your ears, he is doing something and he's doing something in me every single time I do a podcast. And I, I love this. I love connecting with you in this new format. And we're going to talk about formats and the way to connect to people tonight. But we are also going to talk about a couple of interesting biblical topics. And one of them is the signs of the times. The other one is encouraging each other. And these two, these two topics really go hand in hand. They, they fit like a hand in glove, actually. And so if we're going to talk about the signs of the times and some of the things that are going on in the world today, we need, we need to be talking about what the Lord's has us to do as a response to that. And right off the bat, I can tell you that one of our responses is to be laborers in the field because he says in his word that lift your eyes, the fields are white, ready for harvest, but the laborers are few. So we, one of the reasons I do this podcast and one of the reasons I have this group of women, about 400 women on a take the hill group private group on Facebook is because we we pray we pray for one another and we pray for the workers and we get the word out about what God is doing and speaking of what the Lord is doing he things are happening around this world no one can deny it some of it's good some of it is rather anxiety producing but the good things are, I'm sure you've heard about the, uh, they're calling it a revival, but it's a movement of God in the university, Asbury University, in their chapel that has been going on for several days straight. Just an incredible worship experience. I've been on the live stream and watch it. I, I just get covered with goosebumps and I cry to watch these college students worshiping God with abandon and hanging out in a chapel for four or five days. It's, it's an incredible, 
incredible event, and I hear that this is happening in other areas. But on the not-so-exciting side, and I don't mean to say that God is not in the non-exciting things, but it's the things that can spur us to be a little bit anxious about our futures. So, you know, about the recent earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, and you know that Russia has been stepping up the war rhetoric, and not to mention the immorality that has taken over many countries. And then there is that famous line from Matthew 24 that a sign of Christ's return would be the hearts of many growing colder by the day. So I think a lot of us are looking at those things specifically. And no one is date setting, or maybe some are date setting. I'm certainly not. I'm going to step in here and be a little bit vulnerable and a little bit, maybe some of you are going to go, oh my gosh, you're crazy. I I don't really anticipate the Lord's return tomorrow, although he could come at any time. But throughout his word, and we're going to look at this, he continues to tell us that we are be alert and watchful. And we're going to talk about why he says that, because it's very clear in his word. But just a couple of headlines Before we go any further, a couple of headlines from today, actually, that I just go, wow. (laughs) And it's so funny because we choose our news source now. We don't have any more of the days of just sitting at the evening news with our TV dinners on our TV trays and catching all of us catching the same global news with credible news anchors. The days have come where we're out looking for our own news and we have a tendency and I'm guilty of surrounding ourselves with the echo chambers, the people that are only telling the news we want to hear. So some of this, you may go, I haven't heard that. And it may be just because you're, the not the f- spiritual forces that be, but the political forces that be don't want you to hear this. But these are some of the kind of got to go dig out headlines today. T- yesterday, U.S. intercepts four Russian warplanes off the coast of Africa. Oh, that's huge. Next headline. U.S. warns it will defend the Philippines after receiving, after the Philippines received a Chinese laser that was shot close to their own Coast Guard. What the heck? Is that crazy? All right. And Norway is beginning to warn that Russia, um, getting, getting their nuclear programs ramped up. I don't know what Norway knows, but that's kind of big that some other country is speaking into this. And this is this is a really big one for me. Yesterday, China President Xi conveyed his support for Iran. So for those of you that are familiar with Ezekiel 38 and 39 and the Ezekiel wars that are wars that were prophesied by the prophet Ezekiel, and those wars have yet to happen. And so that those two wars are kind of standing between now and the end times. There's a lot of conjecture about um, the chronological order of events, and I don't begin to be able to speak into that in a very confident or dogmatic way 
but I, I do feel that we could see the Ezekiel Wars um, before the return of Christ. If Christ came tonight, would I be upset that I was wrong? I would not. I really look forward to ruling and reigning with him in a thousand years of bliss. And these headlines are one of those reasons. But these, I think, are all signs of the times. I Again, I'm not saying that, that Christ is going to return or that a war is going to break out. I'm just saying we are to be watching what's going on, watching for what our God is doing, and watching what the enemies that that use our political figures like puppets. And when I say enemy, I mean the enemies of the air, of the spiritual air. What is going on? Where is all this leading? And here's the reason. What is to be my response to this? What is God calling me to do in these crazy times? So let's talk a little bit about watching for the signs. Again, watching for the signs doesn't just mean the doom and gloom part. It could be watching for seasons of growth. For seasons of great harvest, kind of like what's going on in Asbury, and seasons of revival. Again, Asbury, are, are there little pockets of great movements of God? We're supposed to be watching for those. We are also supposed to be staying alert. And listen, all of this is not just for the eschatology enthusiasts or the end-time junkies. To be watchful is scriptural. As a matter of fact, it's mandated. And I told you that I would tell you why. And here is the answer. And Jesus says this in Matthew 25, 13. So this is that verse that gets quoted to me all the time. Anytime I start talking about the future or the things that can happen that we know are going to happen, but we're kind of watching for, like I said, the Ezekiel Wars or the what's next. People say this to me all the time. They quote Matthew 25, 13, but they don't quote the entire context of this verse. They say, no one knows the day or the hour, Laurie. They click their little tongues. So this is what the verse says, be on the alert then, because you do not know the day nor the hour. (sighs) Let me read that again. First of all is the command, be on the alert then. Second of all is why, because you do not know the day or the hour. Jesus isn't saying, because you don't know the day or the hour, don't worry about it. Don't stress out. I show up when I show up. That is not what this verse is saying. The verse is saying, because you don't know, you need to be awake, alert, and on your toes. Right? Okay. Now that we've got that clear, I I feel like I beat a dead horse. People tell me all the time, no one knows the day or the hour. And I'm going, that's right. That's why you need to get out of your bed and be watching what's going on around you because Jesus doesn't want you to be caught off guard. And considering that the rest of the context of those verses are about him and what he's going to be doing and all of the false religion, the false prophets that are going to be working during that time, Of course we have to be alert and on our toes because he seems to say over and over again, we are all at risk of falling into false doctrine. So you remember this. This one is another huge biblical event 
about being watchful, one that has really stayed with me. Remember when he encountered the Pharisees and they were questioning him and who he really was? And then, and this is in Matthew 16, but he says to the Pharisees, look, you can look at the sky, see that it's red and that you will know a storm is coming. You can actually read the weather by what you see. And yet here, I, the Messiah, stand before you, and you did not know the Bible, I'm paraphrasing, you did not know the Bible well enough to know that it is me. He said, you can read the weather, but you cannot read the times. Can I read the times? Can you? Do I want Jesus to say to me, why why are you so surprised by the things that are happening? Why are you crawling into a foxhole and pulling a blanket over your head? I told you these things, Laurie. Come on, get up. Let's go. Let's get to work. You see my point of view? I hope you see my point of view. And again, Paul tells us, he tells us this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. And what Paul was talking about in this verse is the rapture. So he's telling his readers, the church in Thessalonica, that they are not to be lazy, that they are not to be um, in denial about what's going on. They are to be alert and very sober-minded about the events. And Paul said this just a little less than 2,000 years ago. So here's my math. If Paul and Jesus were both talking about this then, How much more watchful and alert should we be now? Now, I told you that there was the reason of encouragement is one reason that we stay watchful and alert. And so in Luke 21, 34, Luke writes and tells us another, you know, that as these times are drawing near, that we are to be encouraging each other. Let me just write, read this for you. But watch yourselves, or your hearts will, we, will be weighed down by dissipation, drunkenness, and the worries of life. And that day will spring upon you suddenly like a snare. So clearly, we are to be watching the seasons anticipating not only the moves of God, but also the return of Christ. And we are to be, we are to be reading these seasons so that we are not caught off guard like a snare. And then one of my favorite, favorite encouragement during hard times and during, you know, the watching for the signs times is in Hebrews 10. And it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day draw near. Okay, this is is a big well-known verse, and specifically because of that middle part that says, uh, do not forsake the assembling together. So, but really what Paul is telling us here is that togetherness is important for the purpose of encouragement. 
it's a directive of scripture to encourage one another. And many of the passages that he penned, he speaks of the spiritual gifts and the purpose of those gifts for the training up and equipping of the body of Christ. But here in verses 24 and 25, he pushes the point of encouragement for the reasons of sharing love, inspiring good deeds, and holding fast to our faith. So, a lot of people will just quote that middle part again, just quote the negative part, do not forsake the assembling. So I want to talk about that. What? Why would he say that? What was the assembling at the time? Well, if you think about the opportunities that Paul had to encourage the church back then, the churches he was mentoring, there were only two ways. He could either get there and meet with this body of believers face to face, or he could write a letter, have it carried by human traveler to the church, they would read it, and then several people would copy it and send it and and use it throughout the community. Today, we have many opportunities to communicate. We have Zoom. We have cell phones. We have text. We have email. We have social media. The gathering together, I believe, is not a guilt trip from Paul or from anyone that quotes that to you about being in a building where you go in and sit in pews, face forward, hear someone do a wonderful teaching, but then get up, go get your kids, get in the car, go to fried chicken or pizza or whatever and go home. That is not what Paul meant when he said, do not forsake being together because That verse is couched between two other verses about encouraging each other and spurring each other on. Friends, we can do that at our fingertips at any time. At any time. We don't don't have to be in church, although we should. But I just don't want anyone to feel guilted about it. But if you're going to be in church, make sure that you're encouraging one another, that you're fellowshipping, because... Today's church just doesn't look like the New Testament model that was laid down for us. I'm not putting church down. I go to church. I'm saying we need to do more. We need to assemble. And that can look a lot of different ways. And we need to encourage each other. And that can look a lot of different ways. So I have three points that I want to share with you. and. Let me just pull those up. Number one. Now, this one, because I wrote these three points down, this one really speaks to me from me. (laughs) And I wrote, because I wrote, I don't. I don't buy the portion of Scripture that says, do not forsake the assembling. It sometimes uses a guilt trip about a building on a certain day Sunday. And I hope that you assemble with the people who need encouragement more than at that time. Point number two, the assembling for the purpose of encouraging each other can be done from, as I said, multiple platforms that are within your reach right now. Think about this. 
You don't have to travel dusty roads with your worn out sandals and you don't have Roman guards looking over your shoulder. Although I will admit Big Brother might might be listening through your cell phone. And then my third verse is, I mean, my third point, pardon me, is that all of this is a nod at the hardships are coming. Paul is encouraging encouragement. And as he says, all the more as you see the day drawing near, there it is. As you see the signs, as you see those tender buds of leaves unfurling on the fig tree, then you know it's time to step up the encouragement. It's time to spur each other on even more than you did yesterday. So I've always said that I wanted to leave you with practical tips for how to do whatever it is we're talking about. Because, as I said in an earlier podcast, someone wrote me and said, Laura, you keep telling us to be brave. How do we do that? How do we do that? So I said I would always leave a practical look at that. Like, what does that look like in our lives today and what we do? So I have a few suggestions here. Number one, and this one, again, I wrote it to myself because I said, I need to stop taking for granted the multiple opportunities to connect to a friend and encourage them. Do you? I mean, like I said, there's a myriad of ways. We have phones, we have text, we have social media, we have Zoom. It's so easy. And it's because it's so easy, I think we put it off. We'll say, I'll do that tonight when I get home, or I'll do that on Saturday morning when I have a little bit of time, or, oh, I can do that next week. Do it now. Do it now. If the Lord is pushing you to encourage someone, do it now. And you know what? Number two, since I have a car and I don't have to hike those dusty trails like Paul, why don't I get in my car and drive an encouraging note to the post office and put it in a mailbox with a stamp on it? Listen, everyone loves getting handwritten notes and handwritten letters. And then to get one in the mail and open it up and it not be anyone asking you for anything, but it just be your friend Jill saying, I love you. And I think about you all the time and I'm praying for you because I know that whatever headline disturbed you or something that happened in your life today, someone was diagnosed with an illness. I just want to encourage you and tell you how wonderful I think you are and God loves you. Number three, how about setting up a weekly Zoom prayer group? I work in a mentor relationship with a young lady and she told me the other day that she had started a family Zoom prayer meeting weekly for one of the family members who is ill. I love the idea. It's so simple. And again, it's so easy. Number four, and maybe you should just call your friend or at least text them or someone that the Lord lays on your heart and tell them this. Tell them that you see them as brave or bold or courageous. Because when we speak something like that over someone's life, or day even, they buy it. It goes into their heart, and it just kind of 
runs around in there and the next thing you know, their heart is beating. They might have their fist in the air and going, I can do this. I am brave. Speaking good, godly attributes over people is a very, very special way to encourage them. So to wrap up this kind of two or three different directions podcast, I want to bring it home. Let's watch for the signs and be alert. For what reason? So we know what our God is doing, not so we can run to the mountains and hide. Let's encourage each other in these crazy wild days, because not only does the Lord tell us to do it, but it's a huge blessing with each other. And you know what? We easer women, we need to have each other's backs and we need to have the men's backs and our pastor's backs and our elders' backs because our role is to be the easer helper. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, go listen. But the easer helper is the strong rescuer who is watching and is alert and who had Adam's back until the fall. But today, in this new time of grace, we still have that gift. We can still discern, we can still warn, and we can still encourage. So that's today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that you will rate it, like it, and share it, because we've got to get the word out about what our God is doing and what He wants His brave warriors, women, and men to what he wants us to be doing. Also, you can read my blogs at lauriegreenwestlake.com, which is my website. And um, you can reach me via email at info at lauriegreenwestlake.com. I am planning to do a series this summer, and I'll be giving more information about that. It'll be like a Bible study podcast. Doesn't that sound like fun? So until the next podcast, and that that's not the next podcast, that's the summer. But until my next podcast, I pray blessings over you that the Lord would keep you and bless you and give you the boldness to step into the woman or the man that he made you to be. Bye now.